0: Hi, I'm Teresa Duncan.
1: And I'm Kevin Henry.
0: Welcome to Chew On This.
1: We are excited to bring you our views of current topics in the dental industry and put a little different spin on them, giving you something to chew on.
0: If you need to jump off, be sure to check the show notes for links as well as how to get in touch with us.
1: And now let's give you something to chew on.
0: Welcome to another episode of Chew on This. My co-host Kevin Henry, otherwise known as K Dog, is here. What's up,
1: <laughs> Teresa Duncan? It is our T Dunk. Maybe we should say it's all good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> T Dunks is my uh, my nickname. D- uh, Jason over at the Dental Hacks actually calls me T Dunks. Go no way. So that Dunks. is yeah. So I it may stick now that I've got two
1: people that are. Now it's going to stick on my end, I can tell you that. So, hey.
0: (laughs) All right. So, we are ready to bring you the news and give you some stuff to chew on. Do you want to start with yours, Kevin, or do you want me to go ahead with mine?
1: I will be the Oreo cream center around your right. your stuff, so you lead it off.
0: All right, listen to that. All right, see, that's why he's a writer. Okay, so with coronavirus, we've had some real damage, economic damage that's happened to businesses, and what has happened is they have filed for insurance because when you have insurance for your practice, you just assume... Business interruption insurance applies when your business is interrupted. But what we are seeing now, and this is a big case that came out, I think, last week federal judge dismisses Florida's dentist coronavirus business interruption claim. And there's a couple other cases that have come, you know, that that were cited in this. And it's been, let me see, this one's in Florida. They've had cases in California, Texas. D.C. and Michigan, in which they have also denied the dentist's claim to this business insurance or business interruption insurance. And the reason being is that most of the plans, which is why it's so important to read your contract, most of the contracts have something like in the event of a virus or pandemic or something like that, it doesn't count, which I don't know about you, but that seems like a pretty good reason to interrupt your business. So it's really, I think, self-serving on the insurance company's part to carve that out. Now, I know that they're not in the business of paying out a lot of money. So this is no doubt very important for them to have this ruling so that they don't pay out a lot of money. But I can't think of very many things that would interrupt a business more than a pandemic shutting down your practice. What do you think about that?
1: I think that, like you said, you've got to read the, read the fine print. I remember there used to be a catch-all. It was like called an act of God or something along that line, mm-hmm. and it kind of caught hurricanes, tornadoes, you know, all the natural disasters. Obviously, this is something that uh, I think a lot of folks are being surprised at. Uh, you know, you buy an insurance policy and you think it's going to cover you for X, but if you truly don't read the fine print, and it's worth a conversation, you know, to know what you're truly covered for and, and what things might lie outside the scope.
0: You know, my, my whole career is based on insurance, right? And reading the contracts. And so if somebody doesn't get their 1500 or $1,000 in dental insurance, yeah, that's that sucks, but it's not the end of the world. Something like this being denied, especially when it's really not you that made the decision to shut down. These offices are being shut down by their municipalities. And that is, I mean, that's really beyond your control. I don't know what else. It just seems wrong to me. And I'm sure if you look at the letter of the law, that's what this judge did. You know, the contract specifically excludes it. But on an ethical level, I don't know. Maybe not ethical, but moral. Moral level, because they're not doing anything wrong. It just doesn't feel right.
1: Yeah. and, And whenever you don't have a choice, you know, and again, it goes back to that act of God caveat, I think that there is, you know, obviously, if a hurricane comes through, you don't have a choice but to be shut down. But also, it's something that, depending on the severity of it, you may be shut down for a day, two, three, maybe you know, depending on how how damaged your practice was. This was obviously a longer period of time and and again let's let's remember that when adult practice shuts down, it's not just the dentist who's affected, but there are numerous employees in there that are affected. so the ripple effect that we saw during uh, the covid nineteen disruption is is more massive than people think outside of dentistry. Now those of us inside of dentistry realize it, but it's, it's fascinating to me to see looking back now, just how impacted not only businesses were, but individuals and, and their, their abilities to pay bills and everything else. It's, it's mind boggling.
0: I am not sure what, the impact of this type of insurance is on the people who lost their offices due to the looting. Like, for example, Brett Wells of Dental HQ is his company. I think I want to reach out to him and interview him because he his office was destroyed by the rioters. And I'm curious if the insurance paid up for that. Now, I know he's really upset at the state of North Carolina, or not the state, but his city, which I believe was Raleigh, for not protecting him. So I think he's got some serious issues there or some not serious issues, but serious uh, case there, because, you know, no cops, of course, your office is going to get destroyed, sure. but man, the lawyers are going to make bank on this virus.
1: I, I would think so, and, and you know, you bring up a really interesting point, uh, you know, we've had rioting in downtown Denver, and and silly things, you know, let, let's mm-hmm. be honest, there's a difference between protesting and looting, okay, you know, like, like we've talked about. But, uh, you know, they were interviewing this mom and pop uh, franchisee of a Quiznos uh, sandwich shop. And, of course, theirs just got destroyed the other night for no reason other than it was there. And they were just talking about, what are we going to do? You know, we we have insurance, but the loopholes and, and the negotiations and everything. And they were talking about all the headaches that they were already having. And then you multiply that by numerous businesses. It's, it's crazy to think about.
0: I'm curious if any dentist office who have been um, subject to any of the, the looting, I wonder if they've received a bill from the city. Have you heard about that no. in Minneapolis? There are business owners that have received bills from the city for them coming to help clean up the debris and all of that. And uh, there was a, there was a store in Minneapolis where the, the city sent them like a four three $4,000 bill. That they assisted in cleanup and that owner wow. was outraged. He's like, Man, I pay taxes. And wow. You know, and so I was like, Wow. I mean, you and I have no storefront. We're we're our businesses, our home in our home. So I, I'm grateful for that. And my boss, my old boss, his business is in the in a building. So I'm grateful for that. But man, when you're out front. In your storefront, like
1: that? Oh, you no. Know, and, and you and I have talked in, in a past podcast about the dental practices that are in these urban areas versus the ones that are in suburban areas, and how that a year ago, it was such a great thing to be right in the city center and how important that, that was for business. And now, not only are you having people work from home, but these have also been the epicenters for so many of these protests uh, that have turned, unfortunately, into diluting and, and just uh, vandalism. It's it's crazy to think about. I think the shift that we're going to see, and everybody wanted to be a part of the urban landscape, and now are very rethinking that. Going, is this really where I want to be moving forward?
0: Sure, sure. Well, and I think the good thing to come from this is there's going to be a lot more scrutiny of contracts going forward. So if you're opening up your dental office now, I, I'm imagining you're checking your insurance to make sure that there's no virus thing in there you know or, or sure. something like that maybe you pay a little extra for antivirus true antivirus protection and that would be worth it to you I don't know do you think this is the last virus
1: you know uh, no <laughs> you know I mean <laughs> I mean I, I, I think there's always going to be something out there that we're not prepared for and now I, I hope that this is something that that we and our kids don't ever see again in their lifetime. But let's be honest. A year ago, right now, we had no idea that this was on the horizon. You know what what's coming next, and will we be better prepared for it? Not only as a country, but also as individual business owners. I think that's the. You know, my grandma always used to say, "You can only control what you can control." And I think for, uh, like you said, knowing the contracts, reading into it, and seeing how contracts are going to change and what clauses may be in there moving forward is going to be real interesting. You're right.
0: A year ago, we were in San Francisco. I was getting spit on by a homeless man.
1: Good times, good times. Very
0: good times.
1: And there were no masks to be found. It was amazing, I tell you. (laughs) In
0: retrospect, I should have had a mask, but (laughs) I should have handed out masks down there. But uh, no, it was a year ago is a lifetime ago. I don't even remember. When's the last time you and I saw each other, Chicago Midwinter? It was.
1: It was a Midwinter, you know. and, (laughs) and, And again, to think that that was, you know, February 20th through the 22nd, I think it was, around in there. And March 13th is when everything really blew up. And, you know, that's not that far apart on the calendar. It's just crazy.
0: I remember laughing because my last trip was to the ADA for the code committee meeting, right? And it had just started coming out and none of us were shaking hands. We were just bumping elbows. And it was like almost comical, like we were making a joke about it. So the people on the coding committee were seated six feet apart. The rest of us in the peanut gallery were right next to each other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Common. we were like, we must protect the committee, you know, <laughs> like an old Star Wars protect exactly. the committee. <laughs> That's
1: awesome. <laughs> the
0: council, the council of codes. Oh my god. So yeah, so that was the last time I took a trip. And I remember like we we were at a restaurant. It was myself, Christine, my friend, Cindy, and Leslie. And we were sitting at a restaurant and a guy down. By the bar area coughed like had a coughing fit lady by the bar area had a coughing fit and we all were like (gasps) you know turning around and staring at them and and you know the waitress came over because uh one of us was really annoyed i don't want to say which one and um and she was like can you make is everything okay there and they're like oh no she's okay she has a cough she comes in all the time but yeah so even then it was almost it was comical then and now if anybody coughs in my direction and they don't have a mask on. Oh I'm gosh. like, whoa, whoa! Where's my lawyer?
1: <laughs> exactly. You know, it's, it's it's amazing how things have changed, uh, and and how things will change. You know, I think we're still we're still in that. Uh, what are things really going to look like at at the end of this year and beginning of 2021? And I, I know this. We are going to have such a such a party on New Year's Eve. My goodness, I'm so ready to, to get uh, this all behind us. No
0: kidding. No kidding. All right trade shows in the future. I think this segues nicely into what you wanted to talk about.
1: I think one of the biggest questions that I've been talking to some friends about lately is what will trade shows look like in the future and will they happen in the future, you know, for lack of a better term. And I think what we're seeing right now, you know, with with Greater New York uh, going virtual, Chicago Midwinter making the announcement that it's going virtual, uh, you know, it's it's really interesting to see all the precautions that are already being made ahead of time for what is to come. Virtual meetings, now, this is what I'm hearing, and I want your opinion, but I think a lot of people are very burned out on the Zoom. They're burned out on sitting at their computer. No, no offense to our friends at Greater New York, but I think asking people to sit on a computer the day after Thanksgiving, or, you know, a couple of days after Thanksgiving, is going to be a tough task.
0: You know, sitting on the computer the day after Thanksgiving and letting it run to get your CE is a great way. Like, if I'm going to nap on after Thanksgiving, I'm going to set my alarm for 55 minutes.
1: All that trip to Pan, Absolutely.
0: (laughs) The itis, what we call the itis. You know, it's funny, though, because there's there's I think there's two ways to look at it. There are the dentists who need CE and then there's the team members who kind of need CE. And I'm saying kind of need CE because that's how it's viewed. You and I know it's essential, right? That I, I think they need more CE than, than ever before. But doctors need their CE in order to keep their licensure up. But this year, there's been a relaxing of CE. Most doctors have actually kicked out their CE requirements. They're done because they've taken so many classes online. So I don't know if next year when the requirements come around, you know, some, some states it's every two years, some states it's every year that they need CE. Next year, going in person, I think, honestly, the only draw to going in person is to see people, because you can get education online now, and I, th- I think that's been proven now. I think it's really the equipment, the seeing people, and getting together with your your alumni or peers.
1: There's, there's a social aspect of attending trade shows that we always talk about as speakers, you know, and, and, and again, you know, like you just said, you and I haven't seen each other in person since Chicago Midwinter. And there was always that camaraderie of seeing each other at these shows and you know going out to dinner or whatever it might be. And for the trade show attendees, you know, I think of our friends at Yankee Dental and how they would have you know, uh, let's say some beverages at the end of the day in the exhibit hall to try to to bring people down in there. right. So there was a, there was a social aspect to it. And if that social aspect changes or isn't the way that it was, how are we going to adapt as a industry to that? I think that's one of the most, most fascinating things that I'm really going to be watching uh, as we get into, quote, trade show season. When one comes back, there's talk, there's buzz that, you know, will Henman be the first trade show back? What will that look like? You know, are there socially spaced out booths It's fascinating to me uh, to, to think what could be.
0: Imagine if you, like, just got a big UV light over your booth. Would you walk under a big UV light to get a demonstration? It's like a
1: big bug zapper. That's what it would sound like (laughs) just just the whole time, you know.
0: The sophisticated companies will buzz team members out because that's usually what they do. They don't want us (laughs) in the booth. They'll buzz us out, and only doctors will be able to enter the zone of UV.
1: You, you, you do not have the blue badge. it's like the uh, protecting the committee or the council there like you were talking about you. Know? The blue badge is let go.
0: Yes. My scanner shall be only touched by those who are worthy. That's really what that's about. <laughs>
1: But I will tell you, and and you and I have talked about this, one of the things that I look forward to is the IDS meeting in Cologne, Germany, every two years. And it is literally wall-to-wall people. If you've never seen pictures of the IDS meeting in Cologne, seriously, just Google it, and, and you will see the exhibit hall is packed, and there are four or five buildings of packed exhibit halls.
0: Is it canceled? No,
1: it's 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 on.
0: I know Dentsply pulled out, right? They did.
1: They did. Some companies have, you know, Dentsply has pulled out. There's rumors of others that are to come. But whenever you think about how, again, Germany has handled the virus, where they are versus the United States right now, and will even me as an American be allowed to go to that meeting? Because right now I I couldn't get into Germany if I wanted to you know so
0: you could probably go but i don't know if you could come back actually no they might keep you at frankfurt and just say you can't you can't enter
1: you go into the bubble you know and that's where the bug zapper is it's just sitting over you there just you and a bunch of americans like help you
0: know I want to see a new technique <laughs> show me a, a matrix band please <laughs> i do wonder about the trade show i think we we've talked about this on my my podcast uh, nobody told me that podcast about how there was one meeting article that said, what about appointments for the trade show floor? Like you can only come down onto the show floor with an appointment. And I'm thinking that's in our industry, never, never.
1: Not going to happen.
0: And I feel bad for the the vendors. I do. I feel bad for the vendors
1: Absolutely, because
0: this is definitely tough on them. I mean, so much of their sales is tactile and face-to-face and all of that, but At the same time, that's a lot of money they spend on trade shows.
1: It is. I think about our local farmer's market and hang with me on this analogy, but my my wife and I talked about this. She's in the industry as well. You know, we used to go to the farmer's market every Saturday in our hometown there in Colorado, and it was a very social event. And you could walk wherever you wanted. You could touch the fruit. You could pick it up. If you didn't want it, you could put it back down. Now you have to have an appointment to get in. You cannot touch anything. The growers touch it for you. So if you want a tomato, they pick it out for you. And, and I will tell you, as somebody, as you said, is very tactile. My wife's just like, that loses all appeal for me if I can't even pick out my own vegetables. So we've stopped going to the local farmer's market just because it's not the experience that it was. That's and and I, terrible. yeah, it is. And And we love to support local people. We love to support them. And you know, the last time we were there, the numbers were dwindling from the vendor side of things, just because, you know, people like us aren't wanting to go. And so it's not worth the time for them to come. So, you know, like like the farmer's market, I wonder what's going to happen in dental trade shows, because I know that we are, you know, again, a very tactile industry. And, and I have seen people who love to go to the Hugh booth and pick up the instruments and look at them and everything else. And, you know, will that still be allowed or are we going to have to sanitize everything or is everything just going to be like at a, a buffet, a golden corral, you know, with sneeze guard and, you know, don't touch this, but you can look, you know, I, I'm curious to see that side of dentistry and what it does for the excitement of people even going down the exhibit hall. First of all, there's
0: going to be no excitement going down the exhibit hall because there's nothing to give away. You won't be able to grab Great pens. Point. I mean, we both do book signings. We both have books, and we typically are at the Care Credit booth. Shout out to Care Credit. Shout out. They usually host our book signings, and they're not going to have book signings there unless they're going to spray down every book or vacuum steal every book.
1: And what about your pillow pets that Care Credit <gasps> always gives away? Things like oh that. My yeah. God, I have. I'm never going to
0: get another pillow pet. No.
1: pillow pets are cut off. It's just how quick it happens. I'm just Now you. I'm
0: antivirus. See? I am down with COVID. <laughs> well, that
1: was the last straw. We're done.
0: <laughs> That's it. Damn it. That's it. I've had about enough of it. Where's this vaccine? <laughs> All right. And the other thing too is I think vendors are going to save so much money. I hate to say this. They're going to save so much money on these tchotchkes because let's be honest. We know people that go right down the aisles and they're just, just, I mean, it's like they just scoop things into their bags. I've seen it.
1: So they stop at one booth to get the big bag. The second booth is just putting their arm across, going, and just pushing everything into it. It's it's tremendous. It is. So.
0: I I have seen people empty the candy bowl like like Halloween. Oh, they absolutely. open, they take the candy bowl and and dump it in. And I'm like, man, you probably aren't even broke. You're acting like these are rare diamonds you just found on the trade show. Go to CVS and buy yourself a Snickers. You don't need to steal.
1: We we are a, a a grabbing industry. There's no question about that. So,
0: so I'll share one um, experience that I've had with online, and this is the registration process. So, the National Association of Dental Plans is having their meeting. It was supposed to be in Salt Lake City in September. Which from flying to Virgi- from Virginia to Salt Lake City, I'm not, I'm okay with that going online because that's a long flight. Salt Lake City's great, but it's a long flight. So anyways, they are online for their meetings and that they did was for the first 200 people that registered, they got a gift. So, you know, I'm an office manager, so I registered as soon as I could. That's just how I'm built. And I got a gift in the mail Saturday and Norman and I had an unpacking of it and it was all of the main sponsors, the level sponsors had sent, I guess, gifts to NADP and then they repackaged it and sent a gift to me. So I got a whole box of tchotchkes. They were good tchotchkes too. Like I got a wine set. Nice. A wine oh. tumbler and I got oh one of the door st- door pulls, you know, from so that you don't have to touch the door handle. Oh, yes. And a mask. I got a nice mask. And one nice. or two things, one or two other things. Lip balm, you know, that kind of stuff. But I don't think that any vendor I don't think Greater New York is going to send a box of people, box of things to people who register. Like, I think that no. is not going to happen. NADP is still a small enough, intimate enough group where they can do that. And I was thankful for it, but that's not gonna happen on New, Yankee or greater New York level.
1: Well, and let's think about our friends at ADOM, you know, at mm-hmm. one of the best meetings of the whole year. And one of the most anticipated ones, I would say, of being very niche, very great way of merging exhibitors and attendees. But one of the things that they always do is the bingo, where you go around and have your your deal signed, you know, in, in uh-huh. order to win big prizes. And it's a great thing for exhibitors. What happens with things like that moving forward? You know, I mean, uh, if if uh, <laughs> I'm curious.
0: All your leads have disappeared. All your what they call cold leads, warm leads, hot leads. The cold leads is just coming by, dropping in your business card, Right. Medium leads, is you've talked to them, they have some interest. Hot leads is, I need to buy this, but I left my credit card or absolutely let's sign a contract. But you get no leads if you don't show up, right?
1: You don't. And I think it's tough for our friends like Ted Boris and Randy Grove with Chicago Dental and Dr. Edwab at Greater New York and Heather and Kim at ADOM. You know, I mean, all these, these different meetings at all different levels are going to have to figure out how do we not only bring attendees back, But how do we give exhibitors a reason to show up? And because as you said a minute ago, a lot of the revenue for dental meetings comes from those exhibitors who are there. And I'm not really sure how many attendees grasp that. I know you and I Uh know that because we're kind of behind the scenes. But, you know, people always grinch about going to the exhibit hall. Why would I go down there? Well, if it wasn't for that exhibit hall, a lot of times the meeting wouldn't even exist even pre-COVID time.
0: Right, right. So what
1: happens to that symbiotic relationship post-COVID?
0: I feel bad for the people who work the meetings and I'm talking about the people who are employed by like the Javits center, um, you know, cause there's no meetings. So I'm sure they've lost their jobs, but I will say that I am, I am not, oh, I am not sad about the fact that these unions are, will charge the, cause and I'm not anti-union, but the anti-meeting convention center unions are something else. Cause you know, they will charge you a hundred bucks, like, for example, to empty your trash at the end of the day, sure. and you can't empty your trash and you can't set up your electrical and you can't touch anything. You have to wait for them to come and do it. It takes them two seconds and there's a hundred dollars there. So I don't think a lot of people understand that in union heavy towns, the cost of doing business there, Boston, Chicago, San Francisco, LA, the cost of doing business there is so expensive because of the union presence there. Again, not anti-union, but anti-convention center union. Eh, I've just seen it. It's, it's not cool how yeah. much they get away with charging.
1: Well, and I've, I've had a couple of run-ins personally carrying my own things into the exhibit hall and, and was told point blank that that's a no-no. Uh, you know, and, and from, from union representatives or from the workers there. And again, I get that that's part of their job. I understand that. But I think that there are, as you said, some towns where it's much more prohibitive than others. And
0: absolutely. And
1: I really do just just kind of putting a cap on this to be perfectly honest with you, is is trying to figure out how we make everything work moving forward. And how do companies get the bang for their buck, those leads that you talked about. How do attendees not only get C because you know when January first starts and the new mm-hmm. clock goes and everything else. You know, will they feel comfortable going back? And if they feel comfortable going back, are they just going to go in their class and leave? You know, I mean, I, I'm really curious to see when that first trade show opens up, whether that's Henman or CDA or whenever that is, how it's different than it was the last time that we, we were together in an environment like that.
0: You know, that's, I know you want to put a cap on it, but I want to talk about this one last point. Sure, sure. No, no, no,
1: it's all good.
0: <laughs> the, the whole thing you just said about convenience, so they just come in and take one class and leave. So first of all, sometimes it's very expensive to take just one class, right? And if you're in a suburban area and you're going downtown into San Francisco for your one class that you want to take, you're not going to do that. You know, you're, you're not, you're going to see if there's an online option. You're going to go to that speaker's website and see if they have an online option because just one class is not going to cut it. Um, You know, I'm, I'm generally a fan of the ADA. In fact, I'm going to talk about them in the next story, but they transitioned to online for their virtual event. And I was shocked by how little education they're offering for the event. I'm surprised by that there. I think there were only like, there were less than 20 classes that they were offering. And I thought that is That's just bizarre. Why would I even show up for that? So, and and honestly, none of the classes ticked my box. I mean, they're good classes, but they just not, not anything I'm really looking at right now. So I opted out, whereas normally I would have jumped. I was excited about the ADA's meeting, but they had a very, very low, uh, low volume schedule. Now for you, you're part of Ignite DA and DDS. You guys have a booth at most of these meetings. I guess you guys now are thinking about where do we pour our marketing dollars to get those leads?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think like a lot of folks, we've turned to social media more. At the start of the pandemic, we were on Zoom and, and Facebook Live so often, but I think we as a society have also been burned out completely on Zoom and Facebook Live at the moment. And so I, I think we're looking for that what's next thing. And, and to me, it's still about. Now, this is just me, the Instagram reels, the the short little bursts where you can give some information and try to lure people in then to your website or to whatever you're offering. You know, I see a lot of companies trying to do that right now, including us. And I, I'm curious mm-hmm. to see if that's where we're going to go, and how long did that that lasts before the next thing comes, and we all get to gravitate towards that.
0: Well, I guess whoever figures this out is going to be able to get that market, because if there's anything I know, dental companies are slow to change things up.
1: Absolutely, if you're
0: first in this. Good for you, and uh, we're we're watching. Kevin and I are always
1: watching always watching wazowski always
0: <laughs> nice monsters <Inc. laughs> yeah, exactly. very yeah, strong you
1: know, saying, hey.
0: now that i pulled the cap off of that story or do you want to put, put the cap back on that story
1: i i think that this is something we're going to talk about more uh you know I, I think i think we're done talking about it for today but I think you and I both know that this is going to be a hot topic for the whole rest of the year. To be honest, so I'm curious to see again where it goes.
0: Let's be really honest, because once we turn this off, we're probably still going to talk about it again. That's just oh, how yeah. we are. You and I are. So <laughs> we we are unashamed of
1: our nerdiness. Well, you know, Teresa, I, I think what I've heard is our job is to give our our listeners something to to chew on. Now, I'm correct oh, if I'm wrong. I've heard that. So you know, maybe we don't cover a topic completely, but now we've given them something to think about, and obviously. Hey, drop us a line. let us know what you 're thinking. I'd be very curious to hear
0: the marketing genius over here. I love
1: Ha-ching. it
0: if you have a story, we would love to hear it so he is he is absolutely correct. So I told you earlier that i am i I like the aDA very much. I have friends that work there, and I actually work with them on several projects so there 's my disclaimer. Mm-hmm. I don't get paid. <laughs> There's that disclaimer. Uh, I actually pay them because of the dental codes that I have to... I don't know if people know that. When you use the CDT codes, you're supposed to have a license for it. And if you don't have a license for it, you're actually... Uh, you're going to get fined, baby. So uh, just a warning there. But that's why I pay them, Kevin. I am a consumer of the ADA. I pay them. I love that. <laughs> so one thing that the ADA is doing is they are... Putting forth, because one, let me just back up. ADA is using their lobbying power to put some things together for the dentists. And that is why I know people don't like to be members of the ADA or they complain the ADA doesn't do anything, but there's nobody else out there representing you besides the AGD and your component organizations. There's no one solid unifying voice, which is it's really important to have that or else you get left in the dust. And this is an example of that, which is the ADA is working to have dentistry included under a a rule that the irs has that's called the certain medicare medical care arrangements certain medical care arrangements now this sounds very boring it really is but what this means is your in-house savings plan your membership plans if they are classified under these arrangements according to the irs they are then able to be deducted By the consumer who purchases your dental insurance plan or dental, I'm sorry, not insurance, dental membership plan or dental savings plan. Because right now there are, well, what the article states is that there's 16 uh, states that recognize this at, you know, a dental membership plan, they recognize this and so they're included in that but 16 is not a majority. So there's a lot of work to be done. So we need to have membership plans included, and I'd love to see it nationally. Uh, However, it's probably going to be state by state how they're going to operate, but nationally to have a, a rule, a tax rule that allows us to say to the patient, this membership plan, good news, it's actually the premium is tax deductible. If you're a small business owner, that's a great deductible expense. If you're a senior, you know that's something that you could add to your deductible for medical expenses. And if you're a senior, let's be honest, unless you don't go to the doctor, you've got medical expenses. We're finding that out, aren't we, Kevin?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: We're in the uh, the second half of our,
1: oh, our yes. wonder years. <laughs> Hard to believe, I know.
0: I know. Everybody who's under 30 just went, man, I didn't know they were that old. Click. No, I'm kidding. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs>
0: with with age comes wisdom. So what they're doing is they are advocating for that to be included. So it's still in legislation. It hasn't been, it hasn't gone through, but this is why I think it's super important for people to be a member so that they're heard. You know, yeah. they support this and they support the changes. You know, the WHO had their response by the ADA, which, which made news. Oh, you know what? Let me just back up on that. We talked about that on the last episode and What I would encourage you to do is if you haven't at this time put out a press release in your paper about how it's safe to come to the practice and maybe have a testimonial from a patient, y'all need to get on that because that's a simple, simple way of getting your name out there. Get your Facebook post up, you know, with interviewing a patient. If the patient agrees to be interviewed and you have that signed release, use it, you know, have them say, I feel completely safe here. They've been my dentist for years. Please, please, please. I do not see enough of that.
1: I, I love that idea. And I will tell you, I, I set up a Google alert for my editor in chief role at Dr. By but just for dental news. I mean, that's And, and so I, every day I pour through kind of the Google alerts from all over the, the country. And I will tell you, I'm seeing more and more dentists interviewed on TV stations talking about why it's safe to go back to the dental practice. So that's a great point that you just made. If, if you live somewhere that there's a, a, a media outlet, newspaper, a, a, you know, a, a magazine, even a lot of uh, towns have magazine, TV station, radio station, whatever it is, it's a great talking point for you to, to be on there and, and explain exactly why your business is still somewhere that people should, should pop in.
0: If you're a suburban or rural, this is, I mean, they will come to you with the camera. You don't have to go to them, obviously. They will come to you. I don't know how it is in the cities because, I mean, I'm sure there's a million dentists in, in these cities, but if you're in a suburban area and you, you want to stand out, so you're getting alerts like that, but depending, if you look at how many dentists are in the country, it's probably not even a fraction. Absolutely.
1: You know, it may be one dentist in Spokane or, you know, what, whatever it might be, you're exactly right. But I, I think the key point that you mentioned is you, you've got to instigate this a little bit. The news, news stations aren't going to come to you. You've got to say, you know what, I've got an opinion on this. I don't know if you heard this just happens, but this is big in our industry and I'm happy to talk to you about it. You know, I mean, you've got to take that step out.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, and if your doctor's, you know, good on camera and they're comfortable in their own skin, just please, it's a no brainer. So, so with the membership plans, you know, normally I would, it depends on the state I'm in. If there's a rule against membership plans in the state, because, and I'll explain that in a second, but if there's a rule against membership plans in the state, I don't recommend this, but if you have a membership plan in the state and your state is okay with them, North Carolina, for example, that's another thing to go to the press about and get that out there. So the reason I said it has to be okayed by the state is there are definitely some states that consider these membership plans to be insurance agreements, which is problematic because when you operate as an insurance company, you must have a whole lot of paperwork involved. You must have what they call loss ratios, which is you don't even want to get in there. You must have a pool of money to pay out from. So you don't want to operate as an insurance company. You just want to operate as a medical or as a dental savings club. So this legislation would help that, but also it's important to speak to your state association to make sure it's okay before you open one of those. Now the CDA has, and I'll link this, the CDA has a really, really helpful, California Dental Association has a very helpful list on what to do with your discount plan before you launch it, what do you need to look at. I know you may not be in California. This is a really good primer to compare to your other states. Now, Every state association, because I've talked to a lot of them, are inundated with calls about membership plans. So I will bet you, unless it's maybe North Dakota, who maybe doesn't have a lot of dentists that are doing this, they will have something on their website, or they'll point you to the ADA site. And I can, I can link to that too. But it is very interesting that some states are fighting back and saying, no, this is an insurance plan. Washington State comes to mind. And- you know Washington State's a little funky, a little anyways. Little so, <laughs> and and sorry, the lovely Dana, your <laughs> wife, who's listening, because she's from Washington.
1: She would agree completely. I could tell you.
0: You know, Portland. Portland used to be known as uh, they enjoy being weird. But I think Portland, Seattle. I think they both are. They should get that. They should. They should co-share that slogan. I think right now. But the reason I bring up <laughs> Seattle is I was uh, speaking at the Pacific Northwest in Seattle. I was told that they were actually getting calls from the insurance commissioner of Washington State. If they had a membership plan and they were being told, you are operating as an insurance plan, unless you file this paperwork, you have to cease and desist. So in Washington State, you really, you have to check. I don't think you can have, unless it's changed, and I don't think so, you cannot have a membership plan, call it a membership plan. So it's it's very interesting how this is evolving. Membership plans in general I think are one of the best things to happen to dentistry. But there is significant opposition to them from can you guess who who from Gosh,
1: let's see. Hmm. Who could it possibly be?
0: It would be the insurance no. companies. So <laughs> <laughs> And you know, I I understand because again, it's a business. Insurance companies have identified this as a threat. So of course, what do they have in their pocket?
1: Uh, lobbyists. Yeah.
0: They employ lobby. You need to have lobbyists to go up against c- other companies who have lobbyists or else it's like bringing a knife to a gunfight.
1: That's a great point.
0: That yeah. is my, and I just had a flash of Tombstone. I need to go back and watch that movie again.
1: <laughs> now that's a good, that's a <laughs> good book, I like that. So
0: <laughs> Complete, complete drift off, but Kevin, what are your well, thoughts? <laughs> and,
1: and I think that you, you just touched on something that's really important. I don't think that people realize how important lobbying can be, and how important that the power of getting the government on your side can be, even in dentistry, you know and I know the a d a has some some very interesting uh lobbying presence in washington d c and I think again it's it's important for you to be a part of your membership association and and I know that there's a lot of people that are going, "What have they ever done for me?" And a lot of it, honestly, is that lobbying presence that they are doing behind the scenes at the state and federal level to make sure that dentistry is viewed in a way that's good for your business. I I think that that's a, a component of our business that's often overlooked is just how important it is to have those laws passed and to have those little taps on the shoulder sometimes from those lobbyists.
0: If you are truly, if this is like piquing your interest, uh, you may be interested in the fact that the ADA actually has a, a podcast called Tooth Talk, and it is it is from the the people in D.C. who are actually lobbying for you. So it is the ad pack, which is the uh, political arm of the the political action committee arm of the ADA. And I they don't put out enough episodes, in my opinion, because I could listen to them all the time. It is very techie and nerdy, law, law heavy, but it tells you everything that's going on in DC. What are they working on? What are the oppositions that they're finding? And one that I was was really interesting was um Dr. Gahani, the current ADA president was on there for an episode and he just kind of went over everything that, you know, they've been working on and I was even I was surprised, you know, I track it like crazy. Even I was surprised how much. And then I will link uh, episode 36 which I found to be a very good one, which is where they talk about what's current with the CARES Act. And it happened right after, it was in April, and it happened right after the pandemic kind of broke. What it did was really showed me how nimble and fast they were getting on the ball with it. You know, I'm not trying to be like a total shill for the ADA. I wish they'd pay me. It'd be nice. ADA, Hello. you're welcome to pay me at any time. But I do strongly believe, and as a manager, we don't have a lobbying, so I kind of gotta tag on to the dentist, right? I got and they don't let me be a member. ADA, what's oh, up, man? Ah. I'd pay to be a member. What's up with that? They don't want my ah. money. No, they do. They do <laughs> want my money. You were editor for dental economics. You have been at inside dental.
1: No products report.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Products report. Yeah. I've lost track of all the... I just
1: I just keep moving around. i tell you.
0: No, but you know, you're gaining a lot of information. So by Cuspid, in all your years, have you seen an uptick in acceptance of being an ADA member no. or are people now more anti-ADA than ever before? I,
1: I don't know that it's anti-ADA. I think it's more what why do I need to be a member of the association? I think it's a lot of this next generation that's coming in that views organized dentistry as the old boys or the old girls club. And, and I can tell you that's very prominent in the dental assistant side of things. I can tell you that for a fact. You know, and I think that the ADHA went through a lot of, shall we say, trying to find its way before all the PPE wars broke out. And whenever they kind of took a stand, then a lot of dental hygienists all of a sudden said, oh, they're standing up for me. And I think sometimes it takes a crisis for us to realize that organized dentistry is a necessary fact of our existence. Uh, you know, but it's been interesting to me to see the people who are a little bit older than, than Noah and Julia, our kids, uh, you know, not, not see the value at all in what has been laid before them by these generations.
0: Yeah, I, I'm curious about that. I, I mean, I know there's a lot of new dentists who are active in the um, dental student associations. Our our friend and your co- co-worker, David Rice, is very active in the students association. So he's seeing that there's interest there. But I, I still see a lot of dentists, 30s, 40s, still thinking that they're not working for them. But it's okay. They, they can choose to do that. The bottom line is that the ADA is going to represent you anyways and things that count. So. You know, maybe you're just you're profiting from it. That's fine. Uh, Maybe at some point when you become profitable in your practice, you can maybe give back. But I will tell you, if I had a manager's union, I I would want, not a union, a lobbying organization, because I think union is a strong word for that. But there has been really no attempt for that. Now, there's been attempts a couple of times for an assistance union.
1: There has. And and it's been very mixed, shall we say. Uh, there are some people who are very adamant that, that it would be a good thing for assistance. And there are others that, that just don't see it working. And and one of the biggest things, you know, and, and not to go down a rabbit hole here, but but for assistance, obviously, every state is different in what they can or can't do legally, And every state is also different in terms of what they are required to have educationally. Some are not required at all, while others have mandated hours. So I think until there's some uniformity across state lines on what dental assistants can do and what they're required to learn or know, I I just don't see a union really working because pay scale is going to be so different whether you're in Seattle or, or rural Iowa. Uh, you know, and that's a, that's another thing as well, I think, that is really important to take into account.
0: Perhaps in the future, perhaps in the future. So we have not only given them something to chew on, Kevin, we pretty much have given them the whole golden crown. I, and I like
1: that sneeze guard included, obviously. So that's a very good thing, for <laughs> sure.
0: Ew, <goodies>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so any last parting words? No, like- I,
1: I, I think what we've talked about today, all three, have more to come and that's what i'm very really interested to see is what's the next chapter of what we've talked about because i have a feeling we're gonna be revisiting these on future episodes and with updates
0: i think so so with all of that on behalf of my co-host kevin henry k dog that is it thank you for uh, tuning in we are always very grateful for the time that you spend with us Later.
1: And that's a wrap for this episode of Chew on This. We hope you laughed and learned a little.
0: Check out the show notes for any links we mentioned. And don't forget to give us a rating on your podcast app. Feel free to drop us a comment on social media or by email if you have any suggestions for future topics.
1: We'll be back in about two weeks. See you then.